Hey, have you ever wondered what it would be like to have a conversation about geek topics, pop culture topics, hot topics, or different things like that? You ever thought about what it would be like to have a group of people you could talk to about these things and engage? Well, guess what? Now you have a chance to do that. Thank you for joining us on this trip, and welcome to Conversations About Dot Dot Dot. I hope you enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to another exciting episode of Conversations About Dot Dot Dot. And when I mean exciting, I mean we're going medieval exciting. This is interesting. Uh, so I have Mog Park on today. She is an awesome illustrator. Uh, I saw her some of her line art on her art station, and I was just blown away by the cleanliness <laughs> of the lines and everything. It just she, it's it's interesting how she takes a pencil and paper and creates these worlds. Man, it's some really awesome stuff. So first of all, Mog, would you please introduce yourself to the to the conversations about dot 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 family? Okay, what's up, guys? <laughs> um, well, I'm Mog Park. You can easily find me. Just type Mog Park. You know, Facebook, Instagram. Um, yeah, I'm an illustrator, basically. I I, I consider myself an illustrator because I dabble in all kinds of industry now, like game. Um, I like, of course, TV media and um, also comics and books even. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, and Mog has an interesting title, which when I saw this, I was just blown away. I was like, she was an illustrator on Game of Thrones from season three through the rest of the show, correct? Yeah. Okay. And so we're going to talk some Game of Thrones as well. And so, but anyway, before we start, as always, uh, we like to start with everybody's origin stories. You know, everybody can't be a Lannister. You know, grow up in a royal world. Everybody can't, you know, have uh, being exposed to a radioactive goo while they're saving an old man in the street. And then all of a sudden get the powers to be able to, even though they're blind physically, they're able to perceive the world with radar. You know, not everybody has that ability, but everybody has an origin story. So I would just like to share yours. You know, anything about where you grew up, uh, anything you geeked out to as a kid, anything you still geeked out to now, things like that. So I'd just like you to share that at this time. Definitely. Um, so my nationality is actually South Korean okay. and I was, so I was technically born there, but because of my uh, father's career, I had to continuously move like a gypsy. Okay. So I'm kind of international. You can say I, I traveled like just various countries, but the one country that really made the biggest impact in my life was when I was in, um, transitioning from middle school to high school mm-hmm. and that was in japan okay and i never knew like manga or anime existed until then so can you believe you know you go there and there's so much art everything is just filled with mm-hmm. culture and art mm-hmm. and i fell in love with that um, eastern aesthetics mm-hmm. i just love it. it it made the biggest impression on me okay but i didn't really pursue art at all because i was studying to be um you know, just like either the typical Asian where the parents force you to uh, either get into the medical field, um, what is that, political field, and then law, right? Okay. <laughs> so, so I was just gunning for that. And then I failed all my college entrance exams, unfortunately. Oh, no. Yeah, I applied for all three and I, I, I failed it. And at that time, there was one more slot I could apply to, which was... Um, and that's when my parents actually finally gave up and said, what do you want to do? And I told them secretly, 
I've always wanted to do art. So mm -hmm. I would love to try. But I mean, it, you, I lost, you, you're basically at the bottom of a barrel. There is no way but to go up. Mm -hmm. So what is there more to lose? You know, I mm -hmm. failed everything. So let's just like apply for an art college and see if they'll accept me. And this is the miracle, which is I never even did art before. I didn't have an art portfolio. Oh, wow. Yeah. But I did it and they actually gave me a chance and I passed the written exam. So basically through solely by my written exam, which is, you know, the basic math, English, all that stuff, mm -hmm. I passed to get into the art college. Because okay. my scores were so high on that, they're just <laughs> right, right. Yeah, so it was a miracle, and I thought this is a sign from the universe, saying, like, you know, you're on the right path. Just do it. Yeah. Okay. So, um, that's how I start. I seriously started basically drawing in college. Mm -hmm. And then I again, this was basically back in Korea, and um, I was majoring in animation. Mm -hmm. at the time because it was really hot it's basically mm -hmm. 2d animation and the only thing i knew at the time again is just anime and you know like manga or manhwa whatever like the eastern aesthetics were mm -hmm. but there was this one guy in my class he was a kind of an oddball i mean it's kind of weird saying in the art college there's an oddball because <laughs> everyone's odd yeah i get right? that but he was really an odd guy, right? And then one day he came in with this comic book and I never knew this Western comic book even existed. Okay, okay. The only thing I knew was um, X-Men. I grew up watching X-Men animation. I love that show. I love that show, man. <laughs> so that's all I knew. It's like, oh, that's all they know how to draw. That's what I thought. But this guy came in and I know this is really weird and obscure and you guys might not even know what I'm talking about, but it was a European artist called Paolo Ser Serpieri. Okay. Okay. And he was drawing something called, at the time, Druna. Okay. Okay. It's actually a very adult, uh, in a nice way, graphic. Right. Erotic art. Not for kids. It was not for kids. Not for it's kids at all. Okay. Pure, like, Z-rated, you know, <laughs> just just full on all that thing, right? Right, right. I actually don't really care for that stuff. Right. But he, he was like, hey, you got to check this out. And I thought, what the heck? That's just like porn, man. Like, I'm not going to watch that. And, he, no, I mean, look at this. I'm like, no, it's not for that. It's the art. And when I saw it, I was like, what the heck? This guy is so good. I mean, it, it was taking an art, in my opinion, like a graphic manga art to another level i never thought it could be possible okay and that just i don't know why ever since that it kind of like it got really seared in my brain that man like these western guys are so like crazy good like when it comes to comic art mm -hmm. and then um i moved to america which i reside now because so i'm a resident here and I was my first place in America was San Francisco and I went to college there again art college and mm -hmm. from there on I majored in illustration but the interesting thing is um, in the traditional illustration at that time it was kind of like an old master like fine art kind of thing where it's not I'm not talking about Picasso level I'm, I'm talking about up to the realism part about the impressionistic side maybe right. up to the part. they train you hardcore Mm -hmm. And while I was studying that, they actually introduced me um, to Mobius, 
master, you know? Mobius is, yeah, Mobius Dude, is man. incredible. Yeah, and then Barry Windsor Smith, man. Something about Barry Windsor Smith just freaking, it was like a spear through my heart, you know? And I don't know if you guys know this, but Barry Windsor Smith, uh, one of my fa- favorite painting from his is uh, the painting of Icarus. Mm-hmm. You know, have you seen you know I've I mean? seen it. I, I've seen that. I've seen that particular painting he did. Yeah. Yeah, it's so beautiful. And then um, Michael Kaluta. Okay. Now the funny thing is, I actually met Michael Kaluta because again, I had a really crazy art friend, and she she was a huge comic fanatic. She's from Germany too, mm-hmm. and she every con that was like around the San Francisco area, she would um, invite me to go with her, and I would just tag along, and then I didn't. I didn't know at this time, but it was actually Michael Kaluta she was talking to. Mm-hmm. And I literally saw him sketch this beautiful monster drawing. And I'm like, oh my God, this guy is so like legend, man. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Michael Kaluta. And the other one I really love also is Bernie Wrightson. His anatomy is some very just, and I'm going to use the word thick, but it's, it's this beautiful mesh up of tendons and bones, but also muscle and sinews. And you just yeah. see this. I mean, even his monsters are beautiful. Yes. My gosh. Bernie Ryson. Um, I was so lucky to actually, again, have met him in person. I shook his mm. hand. I bought a couple of his sketchbooks at that time. So I'm glad I got to do that. So, um, but so basically what was happening, I guess, in my head was a mix of like Eastern aesthetic and then meet West. Mm-hmm. And then um, I graduated and um, like many artists, you you start to wonder like, you know, are you good enough? You know, you, you don't think you're ready. You know right. what I mean? But you continue to shyly draw in the corner. <laughs> and I, I wasn't actually very terrible at marketing myself because um, I still am. I, I'm just not that type of person and I didn't have that kind of gumption like all my other friends did where they already had a portfolio organized and then just shove it to every like company. I just couldn't do that because yeah. I just had severe like I guess self-doubt and I just always thought I'm never good enough so I'll get ready until I'm good enough and then before I knew it like years went by but luckily um, I met my husband now um, this manager at the time he's, he's my manager still Okay. It, and he he helped me out basically, and and then we soon um this was totally accidental but you know we fell in love and then we got you know we're together. Yeah. And while he was doing that, he just saw me always uh, reading a lot of books and just not really being productive enough, right? So he said, "Hey, since you love Game of Thrones, this is before the show started." Right. right? I'm a huge book nerd as well. So mm-hmm. I love fantasy. And since you love this, why don't you just uh, draw like at least six pieces of Game of Thrones characters? Yeah. And I said, okay, let's do that. So I did that. And then after I, I drew that, he posted it online, mm-hmm. um, I, you know, without my permission, because I was just really scared. But because he posted online, it actually got recognized. And as it got recognized, um, I just one day got a got an email from HBO saying, "Hey, we love your work, man. Do you want to work for us?" Wow, so that was it. <laughs> yeah, that's my origin. So your husband was your fisherman in a way. He put yeah. the boat out there, and he put it out there into the world. 
Yeah. They said, you never know. Somebody may bite on this. And then HBO said, hey, you know, and so there you go. Yeah. That, that's really awesome. Now, you mentioned you really weren't, you really didn't learn a whole lot about Eastern or Western comics. So I know I got the chance to catch your live sale yesterday for Blood Rain, where oh. you and a bunch of artists were doing uh, the Blood Rain stuff. Yeah. And I was just like, this is awesome. This is really cool. What, you know, is I got a chance to see that. So what uh, manga and or comics do you enjoy now? Oh, man. Now, I actually don't really have time to read. But what yeah. I do is I collect the uh, um, arts. Like, you know, like on Pinterest or something. I'm like, oh, this is so cool. So when it comes to uh, Western comics, dude, like uh, right now, I'm totally in love with, uh, of course, uh, Esad Ribic. Do you know he did Conan mm -hmm. covers? Esad mm -hmm. Ribic. And um, I have so much, man. Like, I love, of course, always Adam Hughes. There's also, um, gosh, there's so many. Let's just leave it at those two before I wander off. Yeah. And uh, for manga, um, right now, like I'm really leaning towards like the guy who did Late of Immortal. I don't know if you know him. Uh, I know, I know of the property. I don't know much yeah. about the people who created it, but I know Blade yeah. of the Immortal. Yeah. And that's some really, it, it, it it's a, it's an interesting painted style. Yeah. But it's a very beautiful painted style, even though you're dealing with stuff that's, you know, you're talking about samurais, you know, they're yeah. not exactly the most glorious of, you know, you know, I, I heard people say, well, samurais are almost as cool as ninjas. And it's like, but you got to understand, man, samurais held it down. Like they did, they did the dirt. Like yeah. they were the guys you sit in when you wanted somebody taken care of. And they were the ones that got the job done to where, the samurai was the person that a master would send to go do a job, and you knew they sent them to do it. <laughs> you know, whereas a ninja, yeah. like if you see the ninja, it's already too late. Yeah. <laughs> when you see them, you're dead already, right? Right, right. <laughs> it's like your 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 last moments are a walk blinking before your eyes, as there's a some sort of shuriken or something, you know, planted <laughs> in your body. So I was gonna mention uh, some friends of mine got me into Bakuman. Oh yeah. And I Bakuman okay. is done by the guy who did Death Note. Yeah, and the okay. thing that's really cool about this is it's it's not just a manga. It, it's the main story is a group of people that are coming together and trying to do a manga. <laughs> and so that's kind of the story of it all. Wow. Like there's one of them starts dating a girl. She wants to be a voice actress and different things like that. But the thing about it that's real cool is in the end of different things, you'll see like they'll to go through tips in the actual book. And even it says right here, you know, it's becoming a successful manga artist, an achievable dream, or just a big gamble. And so wow. they'll go through and kind of talk about the process of creating a manga in oh. the story done with people that are trying to create a manga. So they kind of are, you know, it, it's like take the person who did Death Note, if he were to say, I'm going to teach you how to do manga, but through the eyes of these characters who are doing it. Wow. I so, should check that out. So I think it's really cool. I think it's I think it's one of and the read is a really it's kinda like Death Note in the reading. I mean it's not super like you'll go you'll fly through stuff, but you'll go back and look at stuff and be like, Oh, wait a minute, here's something that they did. Here's a process that they went through. You know, something like that. So they really kinda engage that really 
really well. So if you if somebody ever says to you like, hey, if I want to draw a manga, what do I need? I was like, I'd recommend Bakuman to them. Oh, do you, you find know? it? It's it is it realistic, like actual realistic, sensible advice? Or well, is it I mean, actual? a lot of it is the it's kind of the success and failures. I mean, there are times where, like, you'll see the creative team getting into fights with each other and not wanting to work together anymore. I mean, it's just, uh, it's 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 a story, but the actual there is a lot of stuff in the book that's very practical too that you that you can learn from. It's kind of this idea of if a person was saying to you, "Look, this is not going to be easy, but if you want to do it, here are some guidelines you can go by as you're reading these stories." Wow. Okay. So, so that's something I would highly recommend as far as that goes. Uh, so you mentioned different things. Any, any cartoons that you grew up with or anything like that? Did you do much TV growing up? <laughs> I, you, know, you know what I love, man? SpongeBob. <laughs> nothing, hey, nothing wrong with SpongeBob. That's the thing. SpongeBob's been around a long time. SpongeBob's been around for a while. And I mean, you know, Tom Kenny and all these voice actors and actresses that have been involved in that. I mean, they have in some cases, they've reinvented their career with it. And so, oh. I mean, you look at a lot of their history and things like that. And yeah, I mean, SpongeBob's stood the test of time. I'm not a big of a fan, per se, uh, of it, but it's not for <laughs> me, and that's okay. Uh, one of my favorite newer cartoons is called Craig of the Creek. And it's a huh? Craig of the Creek is a, a Cartoon Network cartoon. It's about a little boy and his friends that play at the creek <laughs> every day that's behind their house. And so it's all these different adventures and things like that to go through. And one of my favorite episodes, you know, you mentioned the whole stereotypical thing that your parents got to push you down there, down sometimes. Craig is a really smart kid. And there's a whole episode where, like, he's in this advanced math class. And he's struggling with the math that he's doing. And okay. his parents, every so often, have what's called the family meal night, where all the people in the family have to stay at home and they're going to eat together. And the mom explains it as there's so much you guys are growing up and we don't want to miss it. So there are moments where it's saying you got to come together so we can have the conversation. We can catch up with you guys because we're working. Y'all are going to school. You're doing all this stuff. We just don't want to miss these moments in your life. And so, I mean, and the whole backdrop is meanwhile, while Craig is focusing on all this stuff at his house, his friends are involved in a huge water balloon fight in, at the creek. Okay. And so he can't go. He's trying to figure out how to get out of this dinner so that he can go help them in the water balloon fight. Wow. And so, but it's just, it, it, I think it's one of the coolest shows that's out there. So. so it seems like you like it because it actually shows values about yes. life. Mm -hmm. I grew up in a world with stuff like Fat Albert, stuff like He-Man, stuff like G.I. Joe, where mm. it would teach you stuff through the episode, and at the end, it would give you this moment. It would give you these moments, like He-Man would come out and say, well, today, boys and girls, you know, uh, Orko trusted a stranger. When he trusted this stranger, uh, bad things happened. You know, we <laughs> have to be careful when we trust people we don't know. If you're not for sure, you know, you can call the police or come near your mother or find somebody, you know, that you know, different things like that, because strangers can take advantage of you if you're not careful. You know, Fat Albert would talk about the importance of accepting people as they were, you know, and um, like there was a homeless guy named Mudfoot in shows that sometimes he would, he would always be, they would be like, hey, Mudfoot, drop some knowledge for us. And so Mudfoot would tell him something really important. 
Well, in one episode of the show, like people were trying to beat Mudfoot up just because he was homeless. Well, then Pat Albert then kind of came and defended him and was just like, you know, Mudfoot's good people. And so, you know, but they came back at the end and were like, you know, hey, you know, just because people are different or just because people are in a bad situation, you can't treat them differently. Yeah. And so I really appreciate that world. And so like I, I write and illustrate children's books. And so when I try to do that, I always want to put something like that into each book that I do. Wow. You know what? Now that you said that, I, I did also grow up watching Fat Albert as well. And you're right. Now I look back at it, it was always a deep kind of lesson. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah. So I like that. I, I, and I'm glad you do. I appreciate it. I, I, I think it's really cool to talk to fellow artists and fellow creators because it's, it's neat to hear their hearts as they create. And can I talk about these things? So we're going to get back to the, the Game of Thrones of it all because I heard a story uh, when they emailed you. I heard a story. You learned a very powerful lesson yourself, and it was to check your emails. <laughs> so could you share that story yeah. with us? Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if you're like me. You're probably not. But I'm sure there's a lot of people who are like this where they never check their messages. They're kind of horrible at con- you know, returning back you know, if the tribe is pinging at you, mm-hmm. there's no actual pinging back. You know yeah, I got you. Interaction issues, you know. <laughs> I, trust me, I'm a, I'm, I, if, if it seems like I've got it all together, I don't. I'm just working hard at trying to get better at it. Yeah, that's it. That's what I'm trying to do. So um, I'm terrible at that. But now because of that lesson, um, I never check my email. Sometimes like six months, sometimes oh, wow. like eight months. Yeah, but not, not now, though. I have to check every day. Right, right, right. Yeah because of work. But back then it was terrible like that. And um, I learned that always check your email because you just never know what's going to happen. It mm-hmm. could be like a freak accident, like, like me, freak occurrence when somebody really wants you. And they, the only way to contact you was through email mm-hmm. you know, and you, if you never check it. So I think the lesson I learned also is just never give up. Hope. Yeah. Never give up hope. Because if, if I am aiming to a goal, as impossible as it seems, just don't lose that, you know? Mm-hmm. Check it every day. You just don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, when I started this podcast, part of the idea behind the podcast, besides my friend saying, hey, you know a lot about geek stuff. We know a lot about geek stuff. It'd be cool if we could sit down and talk about geek stuff together, <laughs> uh, was yeah. the idea of having conversations and just demonstrating that, you can have conversations that don't devolve into shouting matches. Uh, uh, and so, because we live in a world now, it seems like the words triggered and offended are so easy to go to. Yeah, man. <laughs> and it's just like, you know, but what about just talking? Like, if you yeah. have a problem with me, let's sit down and let's have a dialogue. Let's not just dismiss me because you have a problem. Yeah, man. I, you totally got me when you said that, man. I'm totally on the same page with you. Let's just have a conversation. Let's not be judgmental. Mm-hmm. Let's just chill, man. Yeah, because the thing about it is we all have different beliefs. We all have different things. That's what makes the world unique. You know, if everybody believes the same thing. I think my pastor said it best one time. He said, if everybody ate chocolate chip cookies, would you ever understand what a, a white macadamia nut cookie was like? <laughs> no, because you only eat chocolate chip cookies. 
Well, yeah. if somebody came to you one day and said, "Hey, man, I got this awesome cookie. It's a white nut, white neck, white chocolate macadamia nut cookie." You're gonna look at it funny because it's like all I've ever eaten was chocolate chip. Why are you offering me this thing yeah. that you know? And then you try it and you're like, "Wait a minute, I didn't know there were other cookies. What else is out there?" Oh, but hey, Will, but is it sometimes like if you are the only one who knows about that, like say a white chocolate chip? Mm -hmm. Also, because everybody don't know it and that they don't seem to like it. Also, it can be that you're scared to share that, to scared to be like, I like this internally, but you can't mm -hmm. voice it, you know? I got you. I got you. That, that yeah. makes sense, too. Because and the other side of that is because sometimes you'll say it and then you'll get rejected for saying it. So you don't yeah. have to deal with that rejection. And so rather than risk the rejection of it, you're just like, you know what? I'm just going to eat these, you know, white chocolate back yeah. in the cookies on my own i'm not gonna share them with anybody yeah but then you missed out on the exposure and then the world around you misses out on it too ah so in a way it's kind of like it's better to share it and see what happens yeah the worst thing that could happen is somebody says no <laughs> i don't want that this is okay i'm gonna move on to the next one but these are really good you risk it out <laughs> you know oh man <laughs> Yeah, that could happen because that always happens to me where I know a lot of people don't like this, but I like the Star Wars movie, the recent, yeah. uh, recent trilogy. Uh, the, uh, uh, the Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, I okay. actually enjoyed it. But when I tell all my friends, they're like, that's horrible. <laughs> you know, there are movies that I love. There are movies that I don't love. I get why people can enjoy that movie. I had my problems with it, but I think most of my problems really weren't. Okay, if... The last Jedi had not happened. Oh yeah. And we just went from uh, the Force Awakens. Yeah. To the Rise of Skywalker. Ah. I feel like I would have enjoyed the Rise of Skywalker better because oh. it felt like to me that the last Jedi was a huge hiccup in the middle of these oh, two yeah. pretty good movies. Because you had so much like they like Right, you know, you had, uh, and I can't think of the names right now. J.J. Abrams, you know, did the first one, and then Ryan yeah. and Ryan Johnson did the second one. And Ryan Johnson yeah. went in all these directions, you know, with Ray, your parents are nobodies, yeah. you know, and uh, you know, here's Captain Phasma, who I was like, I want to see Captain Phasma do some awesome stuff because I like the actress that plays her. And yeah. I thought, okay, she was, uh, I think it was Brianna Tarkin of Game of Thrones as well, the big uh, Captain Phasma. Was wow. She was, she played that character in Game of Thrones, the show. And yeah. she was just this huge woman, but she's so like sweet and funny and stuff like that. But of course she was playing a big menacing, uh, kind of second in command to, you know, what I was second in command, really third in command to Kylo Ren and the guy that was under him. But I love the the alternation of the stormtrooper outfit. The fact that yeah. she was like, "Boom!" She's like, "Hi, I'm Captain Phasma. I'm in the room." Like you cannot not look at that compared to everybody else because she's so unique and she's so much bigger than everybody else. Yeah. And like when her and Finn kind of did this lightsaber battle, I'm like, man, I want to see the helmet get knocked off. I want to see her go yeah. to war. Like it needs yeah. to be Finn and her just battling, like because he's battling from the rebellion, and it did, I didn't get that. So it felt like there was a lot of hiccups in that movie that skewed the viewpoint of The Rise of Skywalker. 
Ah, I see. So I really feel like that if you just had the first two movie and the last one, I feel like it would have been a good mesh. Yeah. Right on, man. So, uh, so, you know what? That's the thing. Like, right there. Okay. You said, hey, I really love this movie. Okay. And I'm like, you know, I could have loved it better if this hadn't happened. Yeah. And it was just like, boom. Now, you'll go on some places in the world, like, you'll post that on Twitter or somewhere. And it's just like, oh my gosh, <laughs> just go off. And it'll be like 2,000 posts of why you're wrong. And it's like, yeah. but I, don't I have the right to like it? Like, isn't that the way the world works? Like, you don't like everything I like. I don't like everything you like. There we go. That's okay. Yeah. You know, that's the way the world should be. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's not always that way, but it should yeah. be. So uh, now I see the dragon on your side. Yeah. So is this a is this uh, something from Game of Thrones, or is this just something you did independent of that? No, this is um kind of like my in- interpretation of uh, Drogon from Game of Thrones. Okay. Yeah, I actually Beautiful. did a triptych where I did all the three dragons. Mm-hmm. So this is the center guy, and then on the left was um on his other side is his other brother Regal, the golden green dragon, and then mm-hmm. on this side this blue ice dragon, Viserion. Okay. So it's, a, it's a really like, uh, in, it's a massive triptych that I created, but mm-hmm. I can only have one banner at the time. Right, so right, right. Because me, especially yeah. if you, yeah, especially if you're going to a con, it's like, you know, you, it's like you're normally going to see like one banner. You're not going to see like three of them in one. Person. No. Unless, unless somebody you know, pretty huge, you know. Yeah, unless, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and so, but anyway, I just, I love that picture. It's just like, it's so much character in the face. Like, there's so much. Yeah. It's like you just can imagine him just sitting there going, you've come for me. (laughs) You don't understand what's about to happen. I am going to be victorious in this situation. You're just like, we're all going to die. What are we going to do now? It's like that shows up on the sword and he's just like, let's do this. And it's like, okay, guys. Oh. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much this guy is going to knock you out. But yeah, I just like I really like playing the the warm colors with him. Mm-hmm. He's actually supposed to be more black, but I just like that warm red gold tone to it. So I added mm-hmm. the more exaggerated that part. So yeah, yeah. And, and, the, and the thing about it, dragons, man, dragons can be so like any mythological creature that you're dealing with. You can you can have that creativity to push things and pull things in different directions. So it's really cool. It's really beautiful how that works. And I'm sitting there looking at it, I'm just like, okay, look at Mog. It's like talking to her. It's like it's all right. Just look at look at this dragon is there. It's like it's so cool. It's like and that's the point. You know, anything, especially with art, especially, you want to draw people's eyes to certain things. You want to make sure that people are kind of looking across and drawing, say the face or the wings or certain things like that. So you'll put certain emphases and highlights and things in there for that. So that's really beautiful to see. Thank you. So not a problem at all. Okay, so you mentioned that your husband was your agent and your yeah. and your manager. He's so manager, yeah. he's your manager. So um, uh, I'm gonna ask this question now. Are there some really awesome words of wisdom that he has given you as your manager to help you <laughs> help you many. to push uh, into new yeah. territories? Yeah, many. Able to share. Very. Um, so the thing is. Um, First of all, you have to show your work <laughs> and not be afraid to 
uh, what the reaction, the outcome is going to be. Mm-hmm. So no matter what, um, I think he helped me to be more, more organized. I mean, granted, he still does all my scheduling and he pencils in all the uh, commissions and when it's done. I mean, he does all the planning. And what helps as an artist as well is like future, you know, like plan and organize. That will be really neat. But if you can't do that, and you just not how who how you are, and you you struggle a lot of that. Maybe it's good to have someone in your life that does that for you. I mean, you know, you gotta like sometimes let go of the ego and just listen to the other person. You know, mm-hmm. um, that's what I learned. And so definitely, like I learned um, to be more social with him because he would, uh, you know, drag me to events and you know, shows and interviews like this, you know, and just like, hey, you got a man, like show your stuff, like show your face. Mm-hmm. What I learned from him, another thing is when you do, when you want to do art as a career, um, it's not really your art you're selling, it's actually yourself. And that was such a shocking revelation that I'm still reeling from the fact. And I learned that maybe it really hit me home, I would say three or four years ago. Mm-hmm. And that did not make sense to me because I thought if you just draw them and you just put the picture up, that's all people should know about. But no, mm-hmm. it was not that at all. It's about you. And, and um, that was, I don't know, I'm still mind boggled by that, but it is what it is. Yeah. yeah. So cultivate yourself as also being really nice and just to be more understanding. You know, I was, I think I was a lot because I was so antisocial, you know, at that time, I was very kind of like on the narrow-minded side, but because as I exposed to more and more different people and talking, I just, my world also expanded. Yeah. And that really was, I think the greatest fun also, surprisingly was the social aspect. I really enjoyed that because I see so many people, I talk to like yourself, you're such a cool guy. I would have never been able to have a nice conversation with you like this. Well, but I thanks, appreciate that. Yeah. But thanks to all this, you know, like, yeah. So be open about that. Don't mm-hmm. be in that box, you know, thinking, you know, just that. Try to, if you, especially if you're type, you're in a box, you got to go out. If you're too out, then you got to be in a box, you know, just learn that uh, equilibrium. But I'm there pretty is, sure uh, artists, sorry, I'm pretty sure artists, they're more like, they say in the box, better just to expand (laughs) yeah there is a balance between being super out there to the point where you're scaring people but at the same time not being out there at all there's this interesting balance that's created when uh i remember um and this is kind of funny story uh, i went to a milo pony con several Ah. years ago and i was a big fan of the show of the latest iteration of of it of course my sister was more into the G1 stuff. I was definitely like G3 uh, because you had elements of Dragon Ball Z and all sorts of other anime influences in it. So, of course, it was like automatic, like, wow, okay, I got to check this out. But I was at a con with a friend of mine. We were both at the artist alley. And so, whereas my friend was just, she was just here. She was just constantly, she would be drawing stuff. People would come up to her table. She'd see their shadow. She'd be like, oh, hi, my name is, this is my name. I'm drawing badges today. You know, if you want a badge, it's going to be X amount of dollars. Da, 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 da. Um, and, 
you know, here's my art books over here if you want to check those out. Wow. And, you know, stuff like that. Now, me, I'm sitting next to her, and I'm like, hey, guys, how's it going? What's your name, man? Tell me who you are. And they're like, tell me who they were. I was like, okay, check this out. Look, do you have, like, an OC? Do you have, like, a pony OC? They're like, yeah. What's your pony OC? Describe it to me. And so they'd be like, you know, da-da-da-da. Would you like me to draw that as a badge for you? He's like, how long would it take? About five minutes. He's like, color too? Yeah, I got markers right here. I had a huge coffee can full of markers. I had my pens. I had another coffee can. I had like a triangle of supplies because it was like markers, pens, cards. Because I went out and bought like from Hobby Lobby some of those little mini card stocks. Yeah. That, that with little bags of pills and all that. And so I think like I charged like $20. Wow. But it was like the lanyard. You got the plastic piece to hold it. You got the lanyard itself, which was just a standard like blue lanyard. I had some different colors. And then like just their little picture of their custom OC. And it was like, boom, out the door, 20 bucks. Here you go. And they were just like, here you go. And I'm just like, boom. And we got done. And of course, I paid for my portion of the table because we had an agreement that she had already paid for it, but she knew she didn't want to be there both. She couldn't be there both days. Yeah. It's like, well, can you share this with me? I'm like, yeah, but I can't pay you for my half that table so after the first day. So like, well, that's fine. I'll just get it back that way. It was like, I think it was 150 bucks for the table. So we just split it. Well, so we get done with the day. So she messages me and says, oh, man, I didn't make a whole lot of money. You know, I only made like say $75 you yeah. know, that first day, you know, and I just really didn't feel like like, I came back because I was required to be there, and then I just left as soon as I could because I just didn't want to be there anymore. But I just didn't make much money. You know, how much money did you make? And I told her, she was like, how did you make that much more money than I did, you know? And that was yeah. outside of what I paid her for the table. And I was just like, um, I talked to people. I tried to engage people. And people were telling me about the stuff they liked. And so then I was like, okay, well, now that I know what you like, can I draw it for you? Ah, and so yeah. they were like, "Yeah, yeah," and so that was it would hook them because then it's it's given, and so then they're coming through. It's like, okay, well, what do you think about it? Here's what we had on the sketch. Now, before I lay down anything permanent in ink, I need to know is this good? And they'd be like, "Yeah, but could you add this?" And so it's like, okay, hang on, okay, let's add that. Okay, how do you think? Perfect, ink it. Okay, and we're going. We're off wow. to the races. And so that was the thing. It was like, you know, that, that weird balance of that engaging versus, you know, uh, kind of, I don't want to ever be like the sham wow guy. It's just like, okay, this is going to be the greatest product ever. It's going to be great. Da, 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 and just talk your head off for 20 minutes. Yeah. But I also don't want to be the person that's just sitting there. Hi. You know, here's my stuff. Yeah. If you want to buy it, buy it. If you don't, I get it. I'm gone. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. So those are very good things yeah, to learn. So it, it seems like uh, maybe you have sales backgrounds. That's why you're so good. Um, I'm learning. Uh, I work. I've worked a lot in customer service just in my day jobs and different yeah. things. And so the things you learn, uh, like especially like right now, if I work for American Express, I work for phone over the phones. I'm a phone agent. And okay. so one of the things you learn is when you listen to people it's a whole lot easier, even if you have to give them bad news, it's a whole lot easier to give them the news you have to give them if you listen to them and they feel like you've engaged them. Yeah. You know, like, uh, I think I had a lady one time call me and she was like, oh my gosh, my granddaughter's graduating college and I've got to get a flight out to go see her, but it's like two days from now. Can you help me find a flight? And I was just like, okay. 
And so I went and helped her file a flight. So I'm asking her about her granddaughter the whole time. Well, what's your major in? What's she doing? You know, what you want to do? You know, she if she got something lined up, you know, I think she was like working like as a pre-law student or something like that. So it's like, well, hey, she got something lined up. Is she going to continue? You know, and so I get the flight out there. I'm like, okay, I got this flight. It's a little bit out of your budget. It's about this much more. Um, and I had already had permission from one of my team leads. I was just like, but here's what I can do. If you're willing to book this today, I can send you this via email and it'll give you an additional $100 off of a future trip. Now, we can't do anything about this one, but your trip, you know, your next trip out, we can go ahead and do this. Okay, you know what? Yeah, let's book it. And so it's just like, okay. And so we booked it. But it's just, it's just really listening to people. And it's, it's not listening in the idea, because there's a difference between listening and hearing. Uh, a lot of people hear people. A lot of people don't listen. <laughs> it's that understanding that, okay, I have ears. I know you're talking. But it's another thing to actually engage actively to the point where you're not trying to come up with a solution. You're just listening. Yeah. And a lot of times what I'll do is I'll say, okay, so you said this. Or you talked about this. Now let's talk about this. You know, or you said, hey, you know, I got to get to see my granddaughter because she's graduating college. Okay, well, here's this. By the way, there's a hotel near the school. Did you want a hotel as well? She's like, I hadn't really thought about that, but yeah, we, you need a hotel. So then it's like, okay, well, here's this hotel. It's like two blocks away. You know, you can literally walk across the street to the college at the graduation. You're not having to worry about being super late because you're right there, you know? And so it's just those type of things to really listening and hearing people. I'm trying. I'm not, the, my weakness is the marketing side because like I said, I illustrate and draw children's books. So it's hard sometimes to get into that mindset of how to market and push the product out there so people are constantly buying it. Oh, yeah. Mm. Because you're kind of your own, you're kind of your own marketing machine when you're doing it. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's really like marketing is basically business. And um, luckily my uh, now husband, he's, he has that, you know, background. Mm -hmm. So he knows what to do with it. And I'm very lucky that way <laughs> to okay. find somebody who takes care of all the business side and marketing. And that is a whole different animal. I mean, I, we work every day together. Mm -hmm. I mean, I mean, you can see sometimes you can see he's sitting next to me, but mm -hmm. he's working. Like we wake up, um, he's, he wakes up earlier than me and then he works till nighttime, full day job. Yeah. Marketing man. It's, it's unbelievable. I mean, you think it's nothing but just clicking and stuff, but no. No, it's a lot too. So much work. Mm -hmm. So much work. Yeah. So um, I guess that's what I learned also. Like marketing is so important. Just show, just showing your art in different platforms and seeking all these platforms and then posting your artwork there, that really helps bring attention. And you just never know, like where, like me, um, you can get um, like cover arts, you know, approaches or stuff like that. It's just, it just, the more you basically put yourself out there, the more opportunities will come to you. Mm -hmm. And that's what I, I um, learned the hard way. I always thought that if your stuff is good, it's just quality, then people are going to come. And that is true. There is truth to it, but it has to work in tandem with marketing. Mm -hmm. Otherwise no one will ever really know you, you exist. Mm -hmm. And that's what I'm, I learned from him. It's kind of the difference between the field of dreams, you know, the idea, well, if we build it, they'll come versus the idea of saying, I'm going to keep on building because this building that I'm going to build at some point, you're going to see it 
And you're going to want to know more, more about it because we have this huge building full of this really cool artwork that's yeah. out there that you can come to and check and see. Uh, I was talking, there's a group of guys and girls. It started in North Carolina and then grew out. It's called the Saturday AM. And okay. it's a group of uh, manga artists from all over the world. I mean, there's people from Hungary, people from Africa, uh, people from, you know, U.S., people from uh, all, just all over the world that are coming together and making this little manga anthology that's, for the most part, been digital up to this point. Uh, they are getting ready to do a big Saturday Wars thing where they're going to be doing all their characters are having to come together to face the big bad guy, kind of like the old school crossovers of comics, if you will. If you think like Infinity Crisis or Secret yeah. Wars or something like that, they're yeah. doing their own thing called Saturday Wars where they're having to face this big threat that they can't face by themselves. And so it's really neat to kind of hear how, like you talked about earlier about the manga and how you were just like, I didn't know this was a thing, you know, but then I got exposed to it. It really helped shape my sensibilities. And you think about these guys as well, you know, it's the same thing with them. They were like, well, you know, I was big in the manga, I was big in the anime as a kid. And so then eventually I wanted to start something where people from all over the world, uh, from a diverse cast of people could come in. I mean, there's white, black, Asian, you know, and everything in between that are involved in this thing. And so it's really neat to kind of hear, because we're talking with you even, you know, you talked about expanding the mind and and, and expanding your scope when speaking to people. And it's interesting how my world has been expanded just by doing this podcast, just talking to people. And just yeah. being like, okay, hey, you know, yeah, this is out there. I didn't know this was out there. I didn't know this was out there. I didn't know this was out there. And so yeah. you just fall out these really cool rabbit holes uh, that you get a chance to explore and then go, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna definitely be checking this out. So yeah. you've mentioned some great inspirations. You've mentioned a lot of great uh, people that you have met at cons and things like that. Yeah. Uh, so first question is, if you could meet somebody that you've never met at a con before, who would that be? Uh, like an artist? Uh-huh. Artist or writer or an actor. Just oh, who, would, who would I like to see and meet? Who would you like to meet that you've never met at a convention, at a comic convention? <sighs> can't, can't choose um, people who died? <laughs> oh, you can totally choose people who are no longer with us if you want to. Um, okay. Oh man, that's hard. But I'll, mine would be actually, I would have loved to uh, meet in person um, Mobius. And I know I mentioned him again, but Bernie Wrightson one more time. Hey, nothing wrong with that. I, I really love that gentleman, man. He was so sweet. Yeah. Okay. He was such a gentleman. Yeah. And that's a good thing. <coughs> Oh, bless you. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, it's, um, I heard an expression years ago from a pastor. He said that uh, people won't remember what you say as much as they'll remember how you made them feel. Ah. Uh, and so, yes. you know, you, you think about, he talked about the fact he was such a gentleman towards you and things like that and the way he treated you. And so yeah. that was, that, that's really vital because I think a lot of times, especially when you're trying to, advance this thing called art that you do it, it's about how you treat people because yeah I, I heard somebody say once not too long ago it's i don't want buyers i want followers oh people follow me they're gonna support what i'm doing yeah but I if think- i just look for people just to buy stuff 
but they don't really know me, then they're not going to really follow. So it's like, I'm going to have to constantly remind them just to get out and buy stuff because that's all I'm doing. But if they follow me as a person, then it's just like, okay, so now they're, hey, he's got this out. She's got this out. They're doing this thing. Let me go support that because I'm following them on this journey that they're on. Wow. But, you know, that's, that's pretty deep. And I think adding on to that, I think what's important is you kind of got to be yourself. You can't uh, be just all saccharine and superficially nice. I think you have to kind of put yourself out there as well. I mean, not only I put my artwork out there, I try to be honest all the time. It, mm -hmm. it, as in, like, this is who I am. Yeah. And if you don't like it, I'm sorry. <laughs> you know? Right. I'm not, I'm, not I'm not born, I wasn't born to be liked by everybody. Yeah. But I realized that, you know, if I'm genuine and then I give you genuinely, like, a compliment, like, hey, I really like how you do this, or I just think you're a really cool guy. Um, I realize people are more touched by it because I think they can feel it, you know, yeah. versus me just being very flippant about it and say, hey, you're cool, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, there is a difference, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, very much so. Yeah, so also be kind of, I would say, truthful, you know, mm -hmm. cultivate that. <laughs> it's hard, it's kind of hard, but. It is because there's all, again, there's that fear that you will put yourself out there and people won't like it. And so it's like, you have to understand going in. It's like, everybody's not going to like me and that's okay. Yeah. You know, which is but, ironic because in a way as artists, you want people to like you because you mm -hmm. that's your living in a way. It's kind of a bizarre, again, it's a bizarre, I don't know, paradox. <laughs> yeah. That you have to walk it's two lines <laughs> it's just weird yeah, yeah. it's a okay. dichotomy definitely so definitely so yeah. so uh speaking of uh dichotomy we're going to switch gears to another d word which is drawing yeah so, who are some characters that you love drawing like i said i know we got in that blood rain thing i believe uh there was a sailor moon one at some point that you guys did where yeah. you and other people artists got to draw some stuff and then do some auctioning for that so who are some characters did you enjoy drawing? Um, for me, it's, it's not even about characters anymore. Like I could probably answer that 20 years ago when I was just really young. But now um, I would say it's not even that. It's just more like, what can I, what can I um, draw next? As in like, what is, haven't I drawn before? So there really is no favorite. But if I have to put it down in a vague way, you know, you know, all encompassing ways. I do like to draw females better. Okay. Um, also, I like drawing architecture. <laughs> it takes longer. Yes, yes, you do. But yes, you do. Oh my gosh, I saw one of your pictures, and it was just, it, my eyes immediately went to like the area kind of on the left side, and there was an interesting perspective there where it was like barrels just kind of going back into an area, and then you go back, and it's like very slow panoramic view for me because I couldn't just. Yeah look at the picture I had to like study it and it was just like so here's your perspective here's your grid here's your thing here's the wall in the background here's this beautiful like throne room area yeah. and then here's this background and this lush outer doors kind of thing where you felt like yeah. you were walking into an atrium but then there was a I'm just like 
trying to slow stuff down in my head, but at the same time, allow the synapses to do their thing. I was just like, <laughs> this is really gorgeous, not just in the line work, but also just the dimensionality of it. Like, I felt like, had that been a colored piece even, and I mean, let's be honest, it didn't need to be colored for me. Because for me, it's like I'm walking into it and it reminds me of that old school music video, the Take On Me music video, where, yeah, you know, they yeah. walk in and they're going from color into black and white. So I just walk in and I'm like black and white again. And it's like, okay, so yes. here's this and here's that. And here's where these people are. And then there's another one where there's a young man standing there with a sword and he's just kind of holding it down. And yeah. he looks like he's having this engaged discussion while others are behind him. He's talking yeah. to somebody sitting on the throne, and it's like there's so much story. Like I could hear a conversation going on while I saw that <laughs> artwork, yeah. and you know it's just really great. Of course, I personally haven't really read the Game of Thrones stuff. I tend to read a lot more religious stuff when I'm not reading comics. I tend to, you know, for personal reading, I tend to leave a lot more religious stuff and things like that. And even I've been reading a book recently uh, called The Choice of God, where it talks wow. about the idea of how our culture is changing, but there are certain things about God, that who God is, that doesn't change. And so kind of how he has spoken to a lot of the things in our world. So. Wow, that's, that's deep. Like choice of God, huh? That sounds really deep. I don't really understand it, but like choice, huh? Well, part of the, the, the part of it, the part of it that he, the author talks about, he talks about the fact that the, it's, it's, it's a twofold thing. One, it's about the faith, the faith that we choose to adhere to, but also the choices that God makes as it relates to creation. So it's kind of a two-part side. It's kind of one God side of looking at things, but then also wow. how people receive what he has done. What are yeah, you doing? That's, that's really deep, man. Yeah. Wow. That's a lot of thinking. <laughs> yeah, I try to. I, I have to do that. I have to. I have to. I have to because my brain will go into this weird funk if I don't like challenge myself and push myself to think about things that are going on because we live in a world, especially right now, where there's a lot going on. Yeah. And people don't want you to think. People are just like, here's my opinion, take it, accept it. Here's my opinion, accept it. And it's just like, I get what you're saying, but why, you know, but why this and this, this and this? <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so it's just it's interesting how that works. But also I just I it helps me kind of reestablish and refocus my faith as well, because as I walk this thing out daily. You know, it's things like that. Like there's a book I've been reading by uh, Dr. Dana Carson called The Five Watersheds. Um, wow. And it's talking about the idea of the things that have, have you know, talks about the colonization of the American, of, of Christianity, the Americanization of it, taking, really ripping the Jewishness out of Christianity and replacing it with this thing, this Roman idea of it. Yeah. Sort of things like that. And so it just really engages, you know, racism, sexism, classism, and the different isms that wow. has shaped what American Christianity looks like instead of what the original faith was built on from a biblical wow. perspective. So. Yeah. Damn, that's really deep. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. So, but you know, and, and that's the thing. I mean, and, and I'm not talking about me. I'm here to talk about you. Yeah. So. <laughs> 
so we talked about art. We talked about drawing women, uh, things like that better. And I can understand that. I mean, I look at, there's a lot of great artists. I mean, when you look at like Terry Dotson or Terry or Rachel Dotson, you look mm-hmm. at Adam Hughes, you know, you, who you mentioned, you know, you look at uh, J. Scott Campbell and different oh, yeah. artists that are out there that yeah. women are kind of, I'm not going to say women are their bag, but that's something that they specialize in. I mean, even when you look at like say Todd McFarlane, Spider-Man, and the difference yeah. between like how Mary Jane was portrayed before Tom McFarlane Spider-Man and then when he took over that book and started drawing Mary Jane and now kind of how Jim Lee is another one who draws incredible women you know Frank Cho you know uh, all these yeah. artists draw really incredible women that are beautiful but there's a power behind them too it's yeah. not just oh I'm just gonna draw this hot woman no, it's, it, it's it, you know, the character's character in a lot of it. So I really, yeah. I really appreciate that. Mm-hmm. And so uh, one final question, because I know you've got stuff to do and I want to be able to respect your time. Uh, okay. so one final question that I always try to ask to end out with, uh, or actually not last question, second to last question, because the last question will be there. Uh, I always like to ask if there are some things that you could just share with artists. If somebody said, hey, uh, what can I do to be a better artist? Okay. Uh, what would you tell them? All right. Um, the the key is, I would say something like, go always try to always go for um, your best. Just go for the best you can do, all the time. Um, I know. And also, please post your work up, <laughs> and. Usually, this, I don't know why, but this is always the case that I personally experience. If you think you're not good enough, that means you should, you're, you should post it. And, and um, I would, again, please check your emails. <laughs> please treat customers nicely, please. Not customers, just anybody outside yourself. Please mm-hmm. treat them nicely. Because they are actually the biggest asset in, in your life. Um, Uh it's not any, any endeavor that's pretty big, that's outside yourself that you want to reach a goal is I learned again through Mel is never done by yourself. There's always somebody helping you to get to point A to B and C. Sometimes many, somebody, it's a teamwork. Mm -hmm. So if you, um, have an open heart and also always go for quality and, you know, check your emails, you should be fine. And, and don't despair if you think you're not good enough because that's probably a sign that you're, you should at least, you're kind of ready. <laughs> you should at least start doing something about it. Right, right, right. You'll never know where you're at until the world is able to see it and tell you. Yeah. Because if, they're, if, they're, if you have good artists that are around you, they'll come in and they'll say, hey, man, you, know, you really need to work on this. You need to work on this. But this is really, really awesome. I like where you're going but yeah. there's some things you can work on and be better. And it's just like, okay. I, and take that constructive criticism as well. I think that's key. Understanding that constructive criticism is meant to help you be better. Yeah. Um, but the funny thing is, I most, in, most this again, strangely my experience, okay, personally, I've, people really, like, rarely want to say bad things to you. Because in general, I believe people want to be nice. Okay. So when they try to say, you should work better on this and this, it's, it's very rare when somebody says that. Okay. And I mean, that's how I see it around me. And um, 
like please like when people say that like yourself please uh try to listen to that mm -hmm. and don't also listen just to people saying oh you're so good you're so you're perfect it's not really completely true right right <laughs> don't take their word as credence you know that this is solid proof it's not it's it's up to it's it's you and also other people there's a balance in that mm -hmm. so yeah <laughs> all right and so last main question of the of the interview if you could be any character in the land of game of thrones <laughs> who would it be oh gosh i would love to be aria <laughs> she's an interesting one uh just from the little bit of the show that i got to watch uh she She's a fireball. Yeah, and she gets things done, man. <laughs> yeah, and sometimes you you always need that person, you know. Like if you're talking about a team of people, or you're talking about a group of people that are helping you be better. You always need that person that's just getting it. They, they they're gonna get stuff done. They're gonna do yeah. what needs to be done, even if sometimes their 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 approach may be a little bit harsh. Oh man, they're but, some, it's very harsh. <laughs> but uh, but they're gonna get stuff done, and that's the important thing. That's the key. So yeah. that's pretty cool selection. It's pretty, you know, I, I thought you would have gone with the dragon, the lady that was the queen of the dragons. Nah. <laughs> but, but, okay, no, and that's fine. Totally, I said again, that's who, that. you, who you, yeah. That's violent, you. violent assassin. <laughs> there you go. Hey, I dig it. I definitely dig it. And, and she's very personal. Like she does things for personal reasons. You hurt my family, that's it. Yeah. It's not like, I'm gonna change the world. I'm gonna change people because I think the Daenerys, the character, is like that. I'm gonna make the world a better place, you know. Where Arya is just more real. Like, hey, you kill my family, that's it, man. I'm gonna kill you. I'm coming <laughs> after you. Don't, yeah. don't don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, where yeah. can the people find you in the land of social medias and all that stuff? Okay, the best way to currently, like right now, to reach me, like especially commissions or anything, is definitely Facebook Messenger. You know, um, I respond there, there fastest. Second fastest is email, you know, of course. And it's all Mog Park. So it's one word M O G Park, P A R K. Okay. You can follow me on Instagram as well. It's again Mog Park, very simple. So there you go. All right. Oh, yeah. Well, listen, thank you so much for coming on the conversations about dot, dot, dot podcast. I greatly appreciate you being willing to talk with us and kind of share uh, not only the story of how you went from here to here, but also just some things that can help us grow as creatives and as people. I know, you know, we talk about a lot of stuff, but I always want to try to find people who are creating and so they can inspire because your, your work is inspiring to me, at least. I, I can't speak for the rest of the world. Uh, I mean, we can speak for HBO because obviously they were inspired by your work and said, come work for us. <laughs> yeah. uh, but you've got some incredible stuff out there and I want to encourage you to just keep going and uh, inspiring the world. I'd love to see like a tutorial book from you sometime. Maybe <laughs> uh, this is what I've learned doing my art, you know, and stuff like that. That would be really awesome. Wow. Thank you. No All right. No problem. Take care, man. Well, listen, thank you for coming. And above all else, guys, do me a favor. Be blessed, be a blessing to somebody. Hit Miss Park up and let her know where, uh, let her know you heard about it here. And uh, just look at the artwork, man. You'll love it. So <laughs> take care, guys. Bye.
Bye. <laughs>All right, listen, everybody, do me a quick favor. When you get done listening to this episode of Conversations About Dot, 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 do me a favor, go check out Mythos Podcast, done by the Rasco Brothers themselves. They get into geek stuff with them and their friends, and they talk about a lot of geek things. They talk about anime, Star Wars, you name it. They're going to talk about it. After that, do me a favor and check out the Crafting Cosplayers Podcast, where she talks not only Xena, but she talks geek stuff as well. So go check both of those out for me. Those are some awesome podcasts you can check out. And thank you so much for continuing to rock with us here at Conversations About Dot, Dot, Dot. And go check those podcasts out as well. Thank you so much. And I'm sure they'll appreciate it as well if you follow them up. Take care.